Greetings, listeners. Welcome to WIP12. I'm your host, Raymond, and I'm here today with my fellow hosts, Oli and Jordan. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Terrific. Um, yeah, we're here because uh, there's some, some fresh news that, uh, that has uh, shocked uh, the N4 uh, community, and that's the FAQ. Uh, 1.1, and shortly after that, we got a FAQ 1.1.1, which is the name of this episode. Plus, we uh, have some announcements uh, to make. It seems that uh, the RAL has sadly ended. D decided uh, to call it quits. Uh, he's He's been under a lot of pressure to, to host it, and uh, yeah, uh, it seems that we as... Uh, uh, as WIP12 are no longer supported, but uh, we will find a way to to go on, uh, get your weekly uh, episodes out, and yeah, something from the ashes of Raal. Uh, a phoenix is rising uh, in the form of the IGL, the Infinity Global League. Yeah, so obviously D was under a lot of pressure to do a lot of things, and I think uh, a lot of us can totally respect his decision to step back. Um, so in response to that, we've decided to start the IGL or the Infinity Global League just to carry on um, what Raul was doing, which seemed to make sense to us. At least I don't know about you guys, but it uh, kept me gaming during the Corona crisis. So uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for what uh, for the tournaments, what the tournaments have brought, and 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 all the uh, things like the streaming service and 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 the podcast. Uh, exists because of Raal, because of D, <laughs> so uh, we're uh, thankful for that. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way. Um, I kind of got into Tabletop Simulator because of Raal, mainly, actually. So, yeah, like I, I owe the organization a lot. But on to other things now. Yeah. No. I, uh, 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 further announcements. Uh, just, just something of my personal pride is that I've because uh, I don't know about you guys in, in your, your your nations, but in the Netherlands we're we're looking at uh, going back to normal again. We only have the six feet or uh, one and a half meter restriction by now. We can do whatever, no masks, and I'm I'm being vaccinated like in in just seventy two hours. Uh, so I'm happy to uh, leave the corona behind me and. Uh, with that, my painting mojo has returned, and I actually finished up the uh, the basic set of the Defiance. That, that that is impressive. Mine is all still in the nice shiny metal. <laughs> Thirty six models. Yeah, that is a lot of painting. Well, you know, I guess for some people it's not, but for me, I shudder. I shudder at the thought. <laughs> Well, I, I must be truthful. I'm not. Uh, well, well, I uh, look at what some people post on Facebook. Like, this is my mm. work in progress. Tee Then I'm like, I'm gonna shoot myself because <laughs> <laughs> my quality is nowhere near what some people uh, uh, show uh, during the uh, uh, the competitions that there are on the internet, or or just show that they're yeah. This is some work in progress. I'm just five layers away from completing. I'm like, you're done. You're more than done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Inf- Infinity does seem to attract some very, very good paint jobs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like the nerves in the face of... <laughs> I'm just happy it got eyes. <laughs> See, you painted up your whole Defiance set. My local group, because there was enough, enough enough of us that got it, we all just decided, you know what, we'll just... 
each of us make sure we get some parts painted. We'll just bring what we have painted, and together we'll have a full set. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. <laughs> Well, then we go into the FAQ. Then we will keep the best parts for last. Because mm-hmm. first we had the FAQ 1.1. And before we even had our noses in and, 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 uh, and got an idea of what it all would entail, Corvus Belly launched a 1.1.1. Uh, so for your, uh, for your people at home, if you want to follow up, uh, open the, your booklets on page one. Because uh, we will go down the line. Uh, except for the first one, uh, we will skip that <laughs> to the end. <laughs> I I will say I do lo- I I appreciate that they're they're they've they're putting the new changes the new FAQ changes in red. Mm. Yeah. If I remember correctly, they didn't do that in the past. You just kind of added to the FAQ. And yeah, it was like, hey, what's the what's yeah. the new stuff in this version <laughs> of the FAQ? <laughs> but yeah, still still it's it's a, it's a lot to take in. At the FAQ 1.1.1, we will look at all the red parts uh, mm. only. So we, we will not manage anything in, in black because uh, that's already known or from from earlier editions. Right. So uh, also not to give you guys uh, too much homework because uh, we still have a lot <laughs> to discuss. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first one is the number of troopers you kept back in deployment phase open information. And the answer is yes. At the end of a player's main deployment step, they must announce how many troopers they have kept back. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, Ollie, you you mentioned uh, earlier that that might already give some <laughs> some questions on itself. Uh, well, I I don't think it's unclear myself. Although I have seen a couple of people asking what they mean by troops kept back. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a newer player asked if they meant um, airborne deployment and hidden deployment. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, that's not what this question means. I'm pretty sure it's just talking about your reserve troop. Um, yeah. They could really have written how many reserve troops you have. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's reasonably clear, in my opinion. I, yeah, so I, maybe it's my... my I, I'm a lawyer by profession, so... For me, I think it's very clear because I went back after I heard people uh, questioning, is it, what is that referring to? And the only reference to model that is kept back that I can find any reference of in the rules is in the deployment phase, what we call our reserve trooper. They never actually use the term reserve trooper. The only, the, what we call a reserve trooper is referred to in the rules as the player may kept uh, have one model kept back, and then ah, right. at the second step of your deployment, you, the trooper, you, the player places the trooper he kept back during step one. So, I, I think it, in that regard, it's very clear. Like when yeah. we talk about hidden deployment, the model is not kept back; it's deployed. Yep. Um, and the the wording for combat jump doesn't also doesn't refer to the model being kept back. So, um, I think it's clear as yep. well. The other issue I've heard people uh, questioning is what does this mean in terms of uh, models with peripherals or uh, proxies or, you know, and anything that you, you know, you hold back one model, but it's actually, you know, three models. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm, I'm of the view that I think it seems pretty clear that it's, you know, if you hold back three proxies, that's you tell your opponent you have one holdback. Yeah. You kept one model back. Um, because otherwise, 
if we if you if you interpreted it the other way, if you held back proxies, you would only be allowed to hold back one of your three proxies because the language here is the same as the language in the rules for mm -hmm. saying you're allowed to hold back a trooper. And there's no option to split them up anyway, so well, yeah. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I was already doing this. I yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, like <laughs> I was. Also, interestingly, um, if you read the ITS rules, so ITS 12, um, it refers to the limit of 15 troopers. Mm -hmm. So it's reasonably clear that when they say trooper, they mean like a slot. So yeah. three proxies is one trooper. Yeah. Um, and we can get that from the way that they write the ITS rules. Um, so, uh, yeah, like if you hold back three proxies, you hold back yeah. one trooper. Yeah, and I also already did it mostly because, yeah, as a, uh, as a war corps, I always feel to explain new N4 rules. So using command tokens to add mm -hmm. extra troopers or use strategos uh, just makes the mm -hmm. running and going I, uh, a whole lot clearer. And, and realistically, if, if you have strategos that will let you hold back an extra model, since Lieutenant Whip is open information, it's mm. pretty obvious that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. In most yeah. cases. Um, yeah. So. But Ray, Ray is right. I used to tell people anyway, like I would say I'm holding one troop back or I'm holding two troops back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So something I used to do. Yeah, like, like do you flip your command token in secret when you do it? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I think I think it's a good, like, it, it's a good clarification. Yeah. I don't, I, th I think that people overall will find that it's clear. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, uh, the next one is just, there's just one line added to while using move or climb, you can move through a corner or overhang the edge of the surface. That's the new part. In the same mm -hmm. way, you can move through a space that's half the width of the trooper's base. Mm -hmm. uh, and they yeah. answer it with no. If the space is wide enough for trooper's full base, you must use the full base. Right. So again, it's just clarifying this idea that um, if you have enough space to walk kind of unimpeded, you have to do so. You can only squeeze or overhang if it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've yeah. I've seen this. I'm glad they made this clarification. Um, I don't know if it's mainly a TTS thing, but I, I have found it in a number of TTS games where you know there's an L shape building or something, or like you know there's a thing uh, a box that you climb up and then go up onto the higher level. It's an L shape, and it oftentimes people will just kind of do that nice little diagonal cut across so it's yeah it, it's good to just have that clarification yeah for sure just to, to make it easier because uh i think this this issue also is a thing that comes from tts because it's so easy to just uh put a model straight through a corner uh for ease of of measuring uh, uh like if you if you had that in, in real life you would probably it's uh, you cannot measure that easily through a building because you, you hit the building with your uh, measuring stick or whatever you use so uh i think this is a, this is something this is a clarification that com comes through tts that's that's my my headcanon <laughs> it's not impossible is it yeah. it's not impossible because um in real life infinity it's obviously less intuitive to move things through a building yeah um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you're right. It happens more often on TTS. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's look up the next uh, red one. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a controlled jump. Mm -hmm. So not all of this is new, actually. Um, ah. I think, if I remember correctly, the first bit was already there. The bit that lets you declare controlled jump 
uh, mm -hmm. against a combat jump anywhere on the table. I think that was already there. I believe the change is um, just clearing up the order that controlled jump happens, because obviously you need the controlled jump to resolve mm -hmm. first so that it can have its effect on the combat jump. Does that make sense? So that you at least have the one resolved before you get to the to the other one. <laughs> yeah, it was previously a bit weird as well, because technically, you know, the the resolution step where you do all of the effects and stuff happens at the end, Yeah. right? So now they're just saying, like, by the way, the, the, the controlled jump kind of ARL, or whatever it is, happens, and then the combat jump happens. That's it. Well, yeah, because yeah. combat jump itself breaks the normal order sequence because yeah. you resolve the jump fully before you even declare ARLs with most things, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like with combat jump, you have two full sequences, mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. only Evos can ARO against the combat jump before yep. the the first resolution. Yeah. And there's another thing, obviously, that breaks the normal rules of infinity is this line where it's saying the hacker can wait until after the fizz roll and declare a non-controlled jump ARO. Whereas normally, mm. obviously, if you decline to declare an ARO, you're not allowed to take another one. Yeah. But here it's it's saying you can, actually. You can choose to do something else instead yeah. and de decline it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Next one on the jump list. Um, how do we multiple? Uh, how do multiple uses and opposed uses of control jump work? A trooper using combat jump can be affected by a maximum of one control jump program per side. If both sides have control jump running, the effects of both programs are cancelled. Yeah. If, if if you bring three evos, you can't impose a minus nine, or <laughs> or, or or give yourself a, a plus nine. Yeah, this is entirely reasonable stuff here, I think. Yeah, I feel like overall for most of this FAQ, it was pretty good, just clean things that yeah, mm -hmm. just make sure everyone was on the same page. Which yeah, I I, I'm kind of laughing a little bit because a lot of this FAQ is kind of like, no, guys, come on, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> <come on>. like <laughs> in many ways, that's isn't that isn't that a lot of FAQs though? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Uh, 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 yeah, FAQs uh, uh, coming from mostly uh, TO, uh, theory hammering uh, this uh, the, the rule set, and then yeah. have to declare it because I never, I, I never once have met an opponent that brought more than one Evo hacker <laughs> just to uh, like jump, do this on me. So uh, no. Although, if you were allowed to bring multiple Evos to give yourself like a plus nine. I would be tempted to do like a crazy losing list just just for the lols at one point, but <laughs> get all the bombs dropped. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Auto landing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, can a hacker in uh, impersonation two state via, via cyber mask use the surprise attack special skill if they don't have surprise attack listed on their unit profile? And they say no. If the trooper doesn't have the surprise attack special skill. The trooper cannot use it. Yeah. Mm. This is just this people is... trying to believe in the N3 rules and still, yeah, exactly yeah, like... them over. This is yeah. just an N3 holdout. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure why this is in the document. To be perfectly honest with you, like yeah. this is how it works in N4. If you yeah. don't have surprise shot, uh, surprise attack, you don't have surprise attack. Yeah, yeah. I think th I think they're just responding because. Mm -hmm. I've like, especially it seems like we're hitting another wave of you know people that hadn't really embraced TTS and have started playing or starting in person, I feel like 
I've been seeing on things popping up more questions that are, you know, people that probably played N3 or even like N2 with similar rules for a long time and suddenly they're coming back and actually getting to this, used to this whole unnesting rules where it's a, if your model doesn't have it, then, you know, it isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, people, yeah, getting to know the rules again. Yeah, again, or the new rules from what the, from the old stuff. Yeah. If it helps um, them getting the, through this, uh, then FAQ it. <laughs> definitely. It does make sense, doesn't yeah. it? No. So this next one's been kind of controversial. Yeah. Not like super controversial, but a little bit. Like um, I didn't real I didn't realize I'd been playing it wrong this whole time. Apparently, mm. somehow, yeah. Uh, so uh, the question is: How does the disposable threat interact with burst value higher than one? Each additional burst uses up a disposable use. For example, a trooper with a Panzerfaust, a two-use weapon with burst one, and BS attack of plus one burst must make an attack with burst two, consuming in a single order the two projectiles available in the Panzerfaust. So the Panzerfaust will be unloaded, and the player must place an unloaded token next to the trooper. Uh, yeah, somehow I, I was always playing like like you get. Uh, uh, hmm. I've get into the situation where uh, Axia with her D charge was hitting something, and then there was another trooper with her, so she had two attacks, and I always discounted two D charges. So. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was actually quite an interesting discussion because lots of people were saying like, oh, it's simulating the fact that you have two Panzerfaust, so ah. you still get your, you still get kind of four shots, right? Two lots of two. Um, right. And then another side of the argument was saying, no, you don't have two Panzerfaust, you just double shoot one of them, and that's yeah. why you use both of the projectiles, and then you're unloaded. And it wasn't really clear like which way this was going to go. Um, so I, yeah, this is quite I, an interesting I, one. See, I had been playing. I had already thought it was this way. I, I the the double Panzerfaust extra shots is a holdout from N three, mm. right? Um, yes. So so my the thing I use the most that has this is the Long Yaw. The Long Yaw used to have yeah, two Panzerfausts, yeah. so you get four yeah. shots of the Panzerfaust. Uh, I expected that this would be how it was played or how it was supposed to be played because the Long Yaw and Pretty much every other model that I could find that used to have like double Panzerfaust uh, had the double Panzerfaust switch to a Panzerfaust with plus one burst yeah. and also a Flamin Spear with plus one burst. Right. So for okay. the long, yeah, you lost, you only get two shots with the Panzerfaust, not four, but you also get two Flamin Spear shots. So you still have four shots with your scary disposable weapons. Um, so. I, I've seen people seeing it's, you know, like it's a nerf to them and things like that. But yeah, if you have, if you also got a Flammenspear, it might just be the way I play, but the utility having a choice between the AP explosive or the, the template for a lot of those pieces mm -hmm. is oh, better nice. than an extra two shots at the Panzerfaust, especially since a sure. lot of the things aren't probably going to survive anyways. Like mm -hmm. the number of times my long yaw has actually gotten to shoot twice is uh <laughs> i mean In we era. all know we all know that camouflage template aros are fantastic yeah so you know yeah i think i think uh yeah just just giving away <laughs> two Panzerfaust for two flemming spears is a win and uh people thinking that they could that, that they got four Panzerfaust shots and four <laughs> flemming spears were yeah were treating themselves too much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely 
Yeah. Gluttons, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will need to make more unloaded tokens, though, for when we get back to playing in person. Cause... For sure, yeah. <laughs> Long yawn need three each. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, how are deployables destroyed? Uh, when a deployable structure uh, 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 attribute is reduced to zero, it must be removed from the game table. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. Sometimes people thought they that uh, their deployables could go unconscious, but mm-hmm. uh, they aren't. They're just removed. Mm. I think previously it said deployables follow all the normal states and things, so people thought they went unconscious and stuff. But uh-huh. you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. like yeah, they get removed at zero. It makes yeah. sense. So let's pass yeah. on to the next one. Can a fire team declare discover plus attack as an order? And the answer is yes. Um, yeah, there was there was some time that people thought that it was no, but uh, I don't know how that uh, that came to came about. Well, the, the rules themselves, the way the rules were written, the black letter of the rules was that they couldn't. Both discover and attack were classified as, I think it's support skill or something in the annex that covers fire teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and right. on the list of available combination of skills a fire team could do, you couldn't. Um, Everyone expected this to be changed, I think, or a lot of people yeah. did, because that was something that was like, I, I think they copied the text from N3 and then used it for the annex in N4, but they had essentially had to put out this FAQ in N3. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad they put out an answer firmly one way or the other. I was actually fine either yeah. way. Uh, fire teams yeah. are already are quite strong and i know some people say they're too strong so if there was this one you know slight weakness to them of not being able to do a discover attack it wouldn't have been the worst thing to me but if they can it's also not a huge deal either way to me i'm i'm very happy they ruled it this way personally because i think that doing away with as many weird exceptions as possible is probably a good way to go and so if a normal troop can discover an attack, then I think a fire team troop should be able to discover an attack. Um, yeah. But you are it, it is interesting because it was absolutely clear rules as written that they couldn't. It was silly, yeah. but it was clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's good that they've clarified this because it yeah. made sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another red text. How does movement work during impetuous activations if you cannot reach silhouette contact with an enemy Mm -hmm. Uh, the trooper must go towards the enemy deployment zone following these priorities the trooper must 1. use his full move value 2. end his movement as far as possible from the movement starting point 3. end his movement as close as possible to the enemy deployment zone. So they added this step by step, which has the highest priority, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I am too. Really clear. Yeah, there, I so like there's it. there's one point that I like. I I'm pretty sure I know what they want the answer to be, but I think some clarity would be would be helpful. Is the as far as possible from the movement starting point. So. I expect that they mean distance measured in terms of like a model's movement and not as the crow flies. Uh-huh. But if it, because if it's by the crow flies, there will be plenty of incidences where, you know, your model's in a kind of in a corner where 
to get as far as possible, you are not going to get closer. You aren't going to be getting towards the enemy deployment zone because to get to the enemy, get closer to the enemy deployment zone, you're going to need to, you know, go back and then forward. Yeah. In which case, crow flies, you're closer than if you had just moved straight away in the other direction or along oh, the building. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. So if you prioritize moving as far as possible from your original point over moving towards the enemy deployment zone, that might result in situations where you, for example, get further if you go left or right as opposed exactly. to forwards. Yeah. Um, if you kind of think about it in vectors, right? Um, mm -hmm. So if we need to imagine that, like sometimes you might end up like actually further from your original position if you were to move you know horizontally well, rather than vertically it well pretty much like going <laughs> in a straight line yeah precisely will get you the furthest point um so it's weird and also i i think um on the dice on their on the dice Abide's podcast uh their late night one on tuesday Sudemeister was on and he pointed out that if we're doing it though by uh, the distance measured like that you've moved then one and two kind of seem redundant mm -hmm. if you need to move as far as possible and it's how far you've measured your distance then that will always be your full move value so it, it could just be that they put redundancy just to be fully clear that they wanted the move value but yeah i i think i think it's i think it makes more sense to not do crow's fly i think that goes against the spirit of it um, but you know, hopefully there, we can get just some a clarification somewhere. Just saying, when we say as far as possible, we mean like physical distance your model has moved. Yeah. Like if how the distance it would take for them to get back, not you know if they just could move straight across without any terrain distance. Yeah, because yeah, you get in those silly situations I had with my bikes that it was like, okay, I can move two inches into this corner and be farther towards the deployment zone or move around and go through a door and have moved my full movement uh, still. But just going into that corner is like, you feel like, okay, it's closer to the deployment zone, but I still got six inches to go. And I'm in this corner, I'm not getting any closer to the, the uh, from this point, I will never get any closer to the deployment zone of my opponent. So yeah. to give that, yeah, the first, like, go as fast as, as you can, go to full movement, uh, to give that priority, because, yeah. yeah. The, the, actually, the one last thing that the priority list helps with, too, is um, it causes it so you can't do, well, I've seen some people do, where you, you run into a difficult terrain zone and stop, yeah. right? This makes it so you actually will, even if, running into the difficult terrain zone will get you closer to the enemy. It's you will prioritize moving around the difficult terrain zone. Yeah. To move a further distance over just jumping into the terrain zone, even if that makes you slightly closer to the enemy deployment zone. That's a really good point. My Highlander really wants, just wants to jump in the muck, guys. It's what he <laughs> wants to do. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a good change, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. On the next page, page four. Can a dodge avoid the CC attack part of a Berserk entire order? And the answer is no. Berserk cannot be evaded with a dodge. A successful dodge roll will only allow the trooper to move and cancel the engaged state. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. So Berserk isn't a face-to-face -face roll. Yeah. So, sure. Makes sense. 
Yeah, I think this is one of those answers in here where it's the rules are very clear. There's not really much of a question to it. But having played a lot of Caledonia in N3 and even early into N4, it's something that people get confused about and ask all the time. Yeah. It like I've had the number of times I had opponents where I declare berserk and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to dodge." And then I say, "Okay, just to be clear, you know that you 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 can't avoid the berserk. It's a face to face either way." And the number of times people are like, "Oh, wait, what? You can't?" So, I uh, I can see the need for this one, even if it's not one where the rule was particularly unclear. Uh, people just don't want to be hit and <laughs> try to mm. avoid it any way they can. It's it, it's it, one it, of those weird things. Yeah. I, it's it's one of the, if not the only interaction I can think of in the game where you have no ability to avoid the yeah. attack, right? Even things like Fairware, which people are really annoying and non-interactive, you can still reset to try and avoid yeah. taking the hit. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I think. I think Berserk is strange within the context of Infinity because with this ruling, as far as I'm aware, there is literally nothing you can do about a Berserk attack. And and when, um, the, when the, the, the rest of the game always said, well, in any situation, you can always dodge. Uh, except for Berserk, and then you're hit. Except yes, for yeah, hacking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> except for hacking. <laughs> and Berserk. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. No, you always have dodge or reset. Except, which, you know, Berserk is a sacrifice play. It would feel even worse if you, you, you berserk your model and then suddenly the opponent can just avoid the thing while you get shot down by all of his friends. Tell that to my bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The, you get uh, ugly, even when you get the chance to shoot. Uh, gosh darn bears. <laughs> so, um, if several troopers are activated at once, for example, a coordinated order or a fire team, and one of them uses stealth while outside a reactive trooper's zone of control or hacking area, can the trooper that used stealth be chosen as the target of arrows? And the answer is yes, but the arrow will become an idol if the stealth user does not declare a skill that allows ARO's. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this, is a, this is an interesting change, because this is removing a form of ARO baiting. Because in the past, you could have your stompy boys making noise while your stealth guy moved up, and the opponent could have no ARO against that person aside from you know dodge or reset if they're a mm-hmm. hacker. Um, but this allows you to essentially speculatively ARO. Yeah. So like you know if if your opponent's killer hacker, stealth killer hacker or something that's act- that's in a fire team. Is moving up in your range. Normally, you'd get no ARO, but you know they're the fire team leader on that order. You can speculatively be like, "Hey, well, I'm going to, you know, hack that person, and then if they do anything to break stealth, you can't. You can actually do it." So, I appreciate yeah. removing the ARO baiting. It it leads to a different type of game in some ways, where you know you can try and draw your opponent to do arrows like that, and then you know just move again. But yeah, yeah. I feel like that's, to me, that's better. It's more interactive for both players rather than one player being able to set up a a, a bait where it becomes a real non-interactive choice. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Where you'd be like forced to interact against someone else and then the hacker's like, well, I guess you die. And, you know, that's a bit less fun. <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, or the, the stealthy hacker, I mean, that you can't react to. <clears throat> or something like that, yeah. Yeah, this is this is one where, where Corvus Belly really wants to clean up all the arrow baiting stuff, uh, mm-hmm. uh, not to, to get the gotchas out of the way. Well, you would have thought that, Ray. You would have thought that. <laughs> wait, wait. Well, we're getting there later. We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. But we still have a, 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 a part to go. Um, we do. We do. How does Proteon interact with Coup de Gras and with the state death tra- uh, trait? Uh, in both situations, the target passes the death state and the Proteon user counts as inflicting a single wound. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. just to clear I, up that yeah, you can eat unconscious models. Well, this is more than just clearing up. This is a change. This they, is a change. Yeah, because I believe it was in the actual last FAQ that they had said that no, going straight to the dead state from a coup de gras or uh, from monofilament, you don't get Protheon. Um, ah. And this, I think, this is a fair compromise where you go back. And he's like, no, okay, you get one wound. Um, you know, if, if 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 my Caliban can eat up a bunch of human scraps that get blown up with a decharge, I'm sure he can eat the guy that's on the floor from the order before. Um, <laughs> but it also doesn't go so as far as at the beginning of N4. I remember people, you know, doing mono, using a monofilament sword on a two wound model and being like, "Cool, that's that's would have been three wounds because I caught you know three wounds were in, like, it went through three different wounds." Yeah, uh, I think, so I think it's a good balance. I actually, so you you both had the chance to play with the FAQ rules since they came out. I didn't. Yes. I had a tournament game um, after they came out, but the TO had said, you know, we started the tournament before the FAQ, so we're using it the pre FAQ rules. Mm-hmm. And and it was funny in that game there was like a number of times that different FAQ changes came up, including this one um, when I had an unconscious guy and. Uh, my opponent wanted to uh, coup de gras them with um, Sheskin, and I was like, "No, you." you... I, it was this weird interaction where I was like, "Okay, no, the so the pre FAQ rules are that you can't coup de gras to gain wounds, but don't learn that rule because now that's been changed. But we were told <laughs> to play with the old rules." So. <laughs> So this is this um, one time you cannot eat eat yeah. the thing, but in a few minutes you can eat the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's also interesting with monofilament because that was a question that went around on the forums for a little while. Because as far as I'm aware, monofilament doesn't actually do wounds; it just sends the target to the dead state directly. I think, um, and it was therefore ruled that you don't get Protheon from it because you don't technically do wounds; they just enter the dead state. Um, yeah. But now with this FAQ, obviously you do one. You get you get one back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what if it happens if the target of a Proteon user fails more saving rolls than are needed for it to enter dead state? For example, if an unconscious target unconscious target falls to fails two or more saving rolls, any additional failed saving rolls will have no effect in the, and will not give the Proteon user any wounds. So just, yeah, one wound per unconscious state, not just, yeah, yeah, like you, you hit it with your decharge and now all of a sudden you have a three-course meal. Yeah, yeah. this yeah, is, exactly. a, I like this change. Uh, it means, because there were a number of times I saw those Calibans or 
Norkius with his burst to enclosed combat, just run in there, inflict three or four wounds on like a, a you know a, a one wound model. So now you'd only get two wounds from it, and then be like, hey, so I gained four. I took two on my way in because his friend shot me, yeah. so I net two. Um, so I think this is good. Like you know, Protheon users are still I think very scary this edition. Um, yeah, but this makes it so they can't just run in and bank on the fact that they're going to gain, you know, three or four wounds off of a one wound model. Yeah, and just eat all the shots away, which, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird interaction, yeah. So nice to have that cleared up. Um, so the next one, how does neurokinetics and plus one burst work? Uh, any mod applied to burst is applied to the reactive turn instead of the active turn. I, yeah. I thought this was how it worked, but apparently this was a full-on errata. Uh, it shows how often I use... <laughs> uh, I I don't know if there's a model other than the Yonhao missile launcher that has neurosynetics and plus one burst, but no, I think it's just the Yonhao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think this question came up as soon as the Yonhao was introduced to the world uh, in N3, where they where it had the same situation of uh, getting two missile launchers and uh, people asking when does it affect? Yeah. In all I mean, fairness, think, I, oh, sorry, ahead. I was going to say, I think I think rules is written like they did say, you know, plus one burst only works in the active turn. So yeah. it's good. It's just good that they've clarified this. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it, it, it's good. It's, you know, I'm still sad that they made the very smart choice with the original Yonhao FAQ in N4, where they changed the neurosynetics to being a built-in skill rather than a tin bot after some clever people realize that they can duo with the HRMC and Tinbots <laughs> apply to the entire team. Uh, that one got fixed really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you want five shot reaction? Oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, man. <That's laughs> Ultimate aeropies. Oh, man. I like that. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> All and right. then the active turn, you break the fire teams. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, well, it costs you command points, so a command token, so I will allow it. <laughs> perfectly balanced. Yeah, perfectly yeah. balanced. Um, <laughs> um, should Booty allow a reroll if you already have the item? I would say yes, <laughs> but the fact says no. <laughs> I really like that someone had, like, the goal to ask this question. They're like, oh, so, it's really unfair. <laughs> so I think I don't think that's the, the cause of it. I think the cause of it is ITS. So yeah. in all the missions in N4, uh, in Season 12, that have panoplies, mm-hmm. the rules of the panoply say if you get something from the panoply, when you roll in the booty chart from getting something from the panoply, that you can re-roll. Yeah. So I expect yeah. that's what caused the confusion where you know, people saw people doing that with the panoply and then thought, oh, so you get to re-roll booty if you already have the item. Yeah. But so it, it, normal booty, you don't get to re-roll unless you're a bounty hunter. Actually, that's just in general, you're allowed to re-roll. And then for ITS panoplies, you can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how do remote present structure and the dogged and no wound incapitation special skills interact? And the clarification is you can activate dogged or no wound incapitation when the trooper enters any level of unconscious state. But not if the trooper is already in unconscious state. 
I think this situation might end up with the Unidrons, since they have remote presence and Dogget. Yeah. Yeah. And so they could go and unconscious the and, and the Zuzian. Yeah. So they could go unconscious and then got shot again and people were like, nah, this time I will choose the Dogget. And yeah, exactly. Get them exactly back up that. again. But yeah. if the Unidron takes two wounds in one volley, they can stay off in Dogget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's kind of cool. It's a, it's a neat question. I hadn't yeah. thought about it before this. It's interesting. I'm pretty sure this was a question that was asked in N3, and they ruled it the same way. Because mm-hmm. um, so I, 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 I distinctly remember having this conversation and reading having this ruling um, back then. So I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes those few units that are remote presence with... Uh, NWI or Dogged that much more resilient. It used yep. to be the Karakuri, but they just got a third wound instead. So. Yes, they did. Yeah. Mm. Can a non-lethal attack against the target with immunity total be a face-to-face roll? For example, if you're using Flash Pills against a Dog Warrior. The answer is yes, it is a face-to-face roll. Immunity total doesn't take effect until you've been hit, which is after you've made the face-to-face roll. Mm-hmm. Probably because if you if you if you're a bit of a uh, trying to be a bit of a sportsman, uh, when someone tries to flash your your dog, it's like oh it uh, doesn't take effect. But yeah, somehow people were like no you can you can't even use it, and that's mm-hmm. well if you see yeah. the rules you can still have a face to face, but yeah. nobody yeah. wants to be like gotcha you flashed me, but it doesn't have f- 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 uh, have the yeah. effect. Yeah, I can't I can't important. actually remember what the rules as written was beforehand. To be honest with you. Um, I, I think the rules as written probably are that this is how it works based on I think when it the rules say that uh, like the immunities are actually take effect mm-hmm. yeah uh, sure and like it's one of those things that it's some it comes up if the person wants to throw smoke but other than that like with dog warriors it's not really yeah going to impact too much yeah, and I will definitely. Uh, 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 here's a mm. tip from uh, Ariana player kids: fire that flash pills if he's trying to roll sm- some smoke up. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it is it is good because, like, obviously, without this, people could or were or or whatever were arguing that um, you know the flash pulse just can't do anything to stop the dog warrior. So um, at least it gives you some counterplay, a little little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Keep him busy. <laughs> Try mm-hmm. flashing him in the eyes that he throws his grenade badly. It's 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 usable. Yeah, and it's probably like you know like a sixteen against a nineteen. So it's yeah, mostly it's yeah it's a good result. To, to stop something. It's quite good, yeah. actually. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next one. Uh, are tactical awareness orders generated if the trooper is off table during the order count, for example, via airborne deployment or hidden deployment? No, the second bullet of tactical awareness states that the trooper must be on the game table as a model or marker. And airborne deployment or hidden deployment troops aren't. So no revealing your cutter and then thinking yourself that you get that tactical awareness order uh, with the reveal. (laughs) I I don't know if it was just me, but when I read this response, I felt like the person writing it was just getting frustrated with, Mm -hmm. the rules are very clear. It's in the second bullet. (laughs) It does does literally say this. Um, Yeah. Uh, if people still know listen, he will edge it in stone, probably. <laughs> It'll, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the rules say it. 
They've yeah. confirmed that the rule is what they said it was. <laughs> <laughs> Hammering it home in the FAQ. <laughs> you can stop asking the question. <laughs> so, uh, how does peripheral uh, synchronized special skills interact with multiple close combats in the active turn? For example, if a Chimera and a Pupnik are in one close combat and the second Pupnik is in another combat. So you have to choose one trooper per combat. Each combat has to follow the close combat with multiple trooper rules. Hmm. So this is an interesting one. Uh, it opens up some in- some interesting maneuvers with a, f- a couple units in the game, like uh, the Chimera, the the Uber Falls, or mm-hmm. the Preceptors in Toha, where mm-hmm. you could run, or Preceptors, for example, you could run one Sir Beast into. You, know, you come around a corner, you run one Sir Beast into one Fusilier, run another Sir Beast into the other Fusilier, and with that one order, you actually get to attack in both of those combats because yeah. they're separate yeah. combats. Yeah. Uh, the it, weird, confusing part for this rule is when you get to those weird piling in combo com, uh, combats where yeah. you know one one Pupnik is in is and and one Pupnik and the Chimera are touching Fusilier one. But that first Pupnik is also touching another Fusilier, mm. who's also touching another Pupnik. So you have like this W combat. So yeah. it's not two distinct oh, combats. So where is... And, and I remember when the N4 rules themselves came out with the multiple combats, there isn't really a clear yeah, definition of where, what happens when there, there's, you have those combats that are like two different combats... But then there's like that one guy bridging the two combats. Yeah, it's a combat train. Because in that case, if it's you know the active trooper needs to choose one of the models to attack with, uh, but then the reactive player gets to attack with both, and then it you know flips the next. It's it's a yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird interaction. I don't think it comes up enough that it's really a problem. But it's one of those things that you know. Inevitably, when it does come up, it's going to be like, oh, great. Um, T.O., give us a ruling, please. That is yeah. very strange. That is strange. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, it, it will come up in a future episode, but uh, I'm still of a mind that it's just somehow find a way to, 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 to push a spearhead on these kind of groups uh, to make it just clear. And mm. because now you get into a situation where you can, go, can get call out multiple combats yeah uh, from 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 one unit um you can even when, hold it and and say this one is fighting or that one is fighting when someone tries to uh do an arrow so mm-hmm. uh it might clear up a bit like with antipodes for example you you have a spearhead so there's one combat coming from one dude mm-hmm. uh and the rest is support and with uh link teams there's one there's the link leader and the rest is support well, that would be interesting the yeah, because the antipodes are was it perifer- synchronized controller or something yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than something being like synchronized that, yeah. synchronized peripheral yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting for these you know it, it it's easy for so so the spearhead thing I guess works for these these peripheral groups that have multiple peripherals yeah um, but I guess if if you you can't it, to put a spearhead on you know, uh, uh, there's a guy that has one synchronized bot. This mm-hmm. peripheral normally, they both get to do the action. So those guys could still, you know, 
a peacemaker and his oxbot could run into two different combats and punch people if they wanted. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess technically an antipode could do the same thing. I expect where if the antipode control because the antipode controller gets to move and make the same action as the spearhead yeah. of the pack. So again, not that you're most of these things the uh, the controllers don't necessarily want to punch, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, next one. Can a troop that has failed a discover in imp- an impersonation marker retry and discover if it is has changed its level of impersonation? And the answer is yes, because they are different markers. Which is yeah, a, a, a clear one. Uh, uh, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't expect it that much, because you, you mostly mm-hmm. go for, like, it's the same trooper, and you failed that trooper, but yeah. Yeah, they'd accidentally put the camouflage rules in for the impersonation rules. So uh-huh. it said, like, if you fail against this troop, you can't discover against this troop. And people were saying, well, yes, it's a different marker, but the troop is the same. So rules as written, you can't. And it was just a little bit silly. So yeah. it's good. I, I think it was a, the, the change from N3 to N4, they accidentally switched the word trooper marker for trooper. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so happens it's to good. the best of us yeah gives you more chances to get past the uh yeah once you get past the hard level of impersonation it means you can you you, you can have more guys to actually get through the easy level yeah my, uh, but probably for for the ones uh, uh getting bob of accounting uh, as a new neighbor uh it's probably for the best <laughs> to be at least okay these guys can discover again uh which is nice yeah uh, okay, next one. Equi- on equipment, uh, what happens if a trooper with symbiomate is hit by spotlight? Uh, spotlight doesn't trigger the symbiomate because it doesn't cause a saving roll. This is an interesting change Yeah. to me because, uh, one, it came up in a game that I had, I think, a few days before the FAQ came up. But also, the rules for symbiomate... Now, say, saving roll or suffer an attack or something like that. I can't... Uh, I'm trying to pull up the exact wording right now. Um, so this seems to... You know, it talks about a specific scenario, but it's not clear whether it's changing when it is. Yeah, so the, the exact rule for it is when suffering a successful attack... Oh, okay, maybe they've just changed it in the FAQ already. Well, so, there's this 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 this, this weird uh, 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 well difference between like a spotlight and a forward observe. They do the same thing, but the forward observe is an attack. Spotlight is a comms attack. Uh, with total they're still immun- both attacks, though. Hmm? They're still both attacks. Uh, they're still both attacks. Though. Yeah, but for total immunity, which symbiomates give you, uh, you're immune from the forward observer. Uh, so you're immune from from uh, from uh, or forward observe and from flash and su- uh, and such things because they're uh, regulated as attacks. Mm-hmm. But the spotlight is a comms attack, so you aren't your total immunity does not work against it, but still mm. it does the same effect. So one thing you get you, you can t- get uh, targeted, but not by the other. Uh, so yeah. I think they're gonna they trying to I... get the same. Uh, situation with it with there total was, immunity. There was an argument about this as well because I think um, was it Symbiomates that said you needed to like make an armor roll or something, anything that forces a roll. Was that right? So, 
it was something it require, like this. It requires a saving roll. So in N3, right. a flash pulse just bounced off, but in N4, it seems to be pretty widely accepted that now it just needs to have the attack has to normally require to roll. So yep. flash pulse is strip the mate. Mm-hmm. Although I'm I'm looking at pulling up symbiote mate now. And I don't know if it was changed or something, or maybe it's later in the FAQ and I just missed this point. But Symbiomate's Symbiomate is also used and applied against comms attacks. It is. Yeah, ah, it is. Right. Is that um, new and I've just been missing that, but or something? I don't that think means... so. I was maybe it changed recently and I've just forgotten about it. But I was under the impression that attacks full stop just trigger could trigger mates. Yeah. I, I just did not realize that mates <laughs> protected you from hacking as well mm. uh, yeah um it just it know. just feels comfy that from n3 to n4 symbiomates still are an issue are always going to be an issue and annoying <laughs> but you know that's that's toha i i i'm of the belief that the change you know there's that change in n3 where Symbiomates went from like eating the you know gobbling up the bullets to making you arm nine. Yeah, I'm of the belief that they made that change, mm-hmm. knowing that N four was coming, because in N three going to arm nine wasn't as, you know, it was it was it was good, but it was it was wasn't as big of a deal, and crits still ignored the symbiomate completely. Yeah, yeah. but in N four going to arm and BTS of nine significantly better because yeah, it, absolutely is. it means you can actually absorb the crit that mates used to just get a you know mm-hmm. shot off by for sure yeah, yeah. i'm a, i'm well i'm a little bit disappointed by this one because i think symbiomates can be quite difficult to deal with and spotlight was one of the ways of sort of getting around them um but you know it's but it's, now you can still target them and then shoot a guided missile at them you can and that'll and That's that'll strip true. the mate because Toha does not dodge well. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, um, it is what it is, and it is clarified. I know that people have been talking about this uh, this question in particular for a little while, so here it is. Yes. Yeah. All right, we go to some states. Um, how does isolated state interact with hacking programs that are not granted by a hacking device? Uh, while in the isolated states, all the trooper skills and pieces of equipment with the comms attack or comms equipment labels or threats, hacking device repeater, are disabled. In addition, all their hacking programs are disabled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were some people that sometimes argued that like the, the, the ones that are not to the hacking device, somehow you're magically learned it in some other lore book uh, on you or something. You learned Kung Fu. You don't need your, your hacking device for it. Well, also, correct me if I'm wrong, this also makes it very clear that Fairware turns off when you're isolated. Which is nice. Because Fairware is a comms attack. Yeah. Yep, it is indeed. It is indeed. All right. Um, uh, on the ITS... Um, if a pilot or remote pilot has a supply box, an item from a panoply or a synced civilian, what happens if the pilot or remote pilot mounts his tag again? The tag will have the supply box or item from the panoply and will have any civilian synced to them. The same applies if the pilot or remote pilot dismounts from a tag that has a supply box, an item from a panoply or a synced civilian. Sounds very logical to me. Yeah. Yep. 
Seems yeah. good. Follow the big tech. Yeah. The dream of having Maggie carrying around multiple supply boxes is is more more realistic now. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> dream is real. Does a pilot oh, or operator uh, counts to dominate a, a zone of control? The answer is no. And this, this one <laughs> launched this a lot one. of memes. <laughs> so this one's weird because I think they need to go back and look at the skill. So pilot's a skill. Yeah. Operator in N3 was a skill, like pilot. Yeah. Operator's not a skill anymore. Operator is just the name that certain profiles of guys have. Yeah, like, yeah, that's about the like, meme from the grief operator. Like, that for was like, example. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The grief operator is as much of an operator as the the iguana's you know, heavy infantry guy that jumps out. Yeah, like the grief operator just lost whatever he was operating, which leads to the question, <laughs> what was he operating? Yeah. We will never so, know. It's been FAQ'd. <laughs> it's... I, I think they should... Like, Either they have to put in a skill operator for those tag, you know, essentially tag pilots that are operators, uh, which I believe is just the iguana and the anaconda, the guys it's not, that... It's know. not many, is it? No. Yeah. Um, so either you need to just give them a skill again, or honestly, just let make it just pilots don't dominate zones. Yeah, let like them if, count. If, if yeah. the iguana gets shot and then a heavy infantry jumps out, I... I think those tags are both those the, the tags that have operators are two wound tags that then have a guy out running around. I think it's fair that the dude running around also gets to count as those points. Sure, is it easier to hide? Yes, but for, it's not like they can choose to get out like a pilot. Hey, you, you you paid for a two wound guy. Like let, let let him cover the. He has a heavy machine gun. He's he's owning that zone. Exactly, and it's not like if I can see why you do it with the pilot, right? Because otherwise, yeah, you know. You bring you bring an avatar, and then you want to make sure it get, doesn't get shot in the last turn or something because it's down to its last wound or whatever you ha- yeah. have you. And you just jump the little pilot out, go hide it in a little corner somewhere where no one's going to be able to get to it, and the physical body of the tag is still there physically causing an obstruction. So yeah. I get it in those cases, but because and, you can choose like, like, operators. Like the rules already, like the, 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 the pilots that come from unconscious tags doesn't count for much in points there. They're still counted as, as as a loss. So yeah, and yeah, and for a, you know a pilot of an unconscious tag that's gotten out, sure the model is unconscious, but to me the operators aren't the tag being unconscious. They're just like they're pretty much like uh, a Kielson in Toha. You know, it's a big yeah. chunky guy with symbiote armor. You take a couple wounds, you become a smaller guy. Yeah, battle ravaged. Exactly. Yeah. And also, this is really, you know, the Gorgos in Toha, that's not an operator, I don't think. Let me double check before I say things. Yeah. <laughs> the inactive symbiote armor version of a Gorgos is essentially the same as an operator. The tag takes a certain number of wounds and you become a smaller dude. Um, he still, or she still counts for all the points. Iguana is getting the ba- bad side of the stick with, uh, with this ruling. And, uh... Yeah, it's sad. I'm sad for the Iguana. Anyway, there are some quite big changes coming up now, yeah, I think. Is... We're on to the order stuff. So I'm not, I don't know if they changed the first bit of the order. I think it's the ARO bits that have changed. Yeah, yeah. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, though, because I might have missed something, to be honest with you. My understanding is that in the actual expenditure sequence... 
the changes are in step two. Yeah. Step, I guess, four, because that's the secondary arrow step, and then step five. The other parts were yeah. all, I believe, kept the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, the, and the changes in step two and four are, are identical, because four, four is essentially a repeat of two. It's when you check arrows for the yeah. second, after the second yeah. skill. Um, sure. So, uh, so the, the sequence we get first by the activation, the active player declares which trooper will activate. So you go to 1.1, order expenditure. The active player removes from the table, authorized marks as spent or fling it across the room. The order he uses to activate the trooper. 1.2, declaration of the first skill. The active player declares the first short skill of the order or the entire order he wants to use. If movements are declared, the player measures where the trooper can move and places the trooper at the final point of its movement. And here is where it gets interesting at point two. Reactive player ARO. 2.1 ARO check. The reactive player checks if they are allowed to declare AROs with their trooper. Players can check from the active trooper if any trooper or game element is inside the zone of control of the active trooper. Which means any player, so, so the players, so two people, the, both the, 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 the active one and the reactive one, can measure from the active trooper uh, if any of his uh, units that can ARO are in the zone of control. So we are, mm-hmm. we, we turn to pre-measuring at, in, in, a, in some form. I like this change. Yeah. I wish that they had used the wording that they use in the uh, ha- zone of control ARO section that we'll get to later mm-hmm. um, in this section. The only difference being, we'll, we'll get to it later, but there it specifically says can measure a maximum of eight inches. Yeah. Uh, this That's what it's saying here, too. You're allowed to check the zone of control. Yeah, inside, but the yeah. clarity of saying you're allowed to measure exactly eight inches, mm-hmm. that specification is important because sometimes, you know, if you're on a table, you have your tape measure, you quickly go, okay, are you within eight? And you just you know, pull your tape measure, you know, halfway or more towards your guy, now you're getting right. more information than the minimal what is the zone of control. Let's um, say if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're playing a bit dirty, you already put 16 inches on your um, tape measure and then go, ah, yeah, this is eight, <laughs> and then already see what's within 16. Exactly. Yeah, sure, sure. So I, I think this was also I, – I was when I first read this rule, I was I, – I, I have to I give CB kudos for it. I think they – I showed that they were thinking about possible interactions and things like it was very clear. You measure from the active trooper. It's not can measure to see whether your things that your, your model has an ARO zone of control ARO, in which case it's a question, you know, some people might measure from their troop, the reactive trooper checking to see where their aid is. It's very clear that it's always from the active trooper and it's just the zone of control. And I'm very happy that it's not like you, you can you can measure your movement, you can measure where you can go with the, with the first part, um, but once you're there, then in the arrow, then is the moment that you check. So you cannot try and get into a position where it's like, all right, I want to get into that eight or outside of that eight inches. Let's move in such a way and measure my zone of control constantly to see where is my best position to be. Now you end up yep. there, and then it's like hands off. Let's our own. Yeah. Let's check. Yeah, it, it's really kind of like, like it's kind of like 
they added some level of pre-measuring, but they you can tell that they were trying to minimize how much. Yeah. So like something like this isn't going to slow down the game the same yeah. way if they had allowed you to be checking while moving. Yeah. That would slow down the game a lot more. You're checking out the eight, then you start getting into Warhammer territories where you're putting dice down to mark where like the thing, you know, the zones would be. Um, so I, I think it's clean. Also, I found it funny that, you know, I, it, but within like hours of this popping up, Warsenal made a post with their their uh, acrylic <laughs> zone of control measuring widget things they have, where it's a little yeah. thing that literally fits onto a base. It shows exactly eight inches out. Mm. Um, so I have one yeah. of those. I, I feel like I'll definitely be using it more now. <laughs> hey, hey, people, there's a market for it. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> people that um, make gadgets for Infinity <laughs> have all the different little gadgets and widgets that you'd ever need. It's It's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I really like this change, though. Um, I think that it speeds the game up in a lot of situations, um, particularly with indecisiveness about hacking, particularly with indecisiveness about mines. I hated mines before. Um, you, We've all been in that really weird situation where a mine is like nine inches away, and you're like, oh, I reveal it. Oh, it's not actually in. Uh, yeah. Okay, like, what do I do? Um um, so yeah, it would have been fun if I can that. still play the game that it might have been a chasseur or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also uh, cleans the game up and it gets rid of the need for a lot of speculative AROs because you don't need to go, oh, if I'm within eight inches, I'll hack, but if I'm not, I won't. You know that yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Because you, you just, don't need you to know. worry. You don't need to worry about uh, you know using your bomb up by gauging wrong and then just shooting it off into nothing. You get no, rid of. Yeah. Yeah. You get rid of you know the hidden deployment thing people were getting upset about, where I arrow across the table with my my hidden deployment troop just to reveal myself to get the order, um, which or you you can't you can't do the speculative thing. I had a friend um, where he essentially used that hidden deployment dodge from anywhere across the table. It becomes an idle thing yeah. to have a tag eat a mine to save his fire team. Um, but you can't do that anymore. So in that scenario, you know, a specula had put their mine to go across an entire fire team, but the tag was op- also within range of the mine, but not so they would hit the fire team. Yeah. He yeah. activated another model across the board. The tag was like, well, I dodge. Oh, wait, it's an idol. But that causes the mine to go off on me. So this cleans up, I think, all of those interactions. Uh, and you gain some minimal information. Uh, I think we were talking about before that, you know, and there's definitely be chatter online about what this does for shotguns. Uh, yeah, well. I think I've I've said a little bit. Like, obviously, for factions where you've got a lot of units that have both rifles and shotguns, it does take away any need to ever guess whether you're at seven point nine or eight point one because you just measure. Um, I I don't know if that's the worst thing in the world. I'm not sure. I'm sure people have much stronger opinions about this than I do. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things, right? Like, yes, it's giving more information. You know, it'll be nice because it'll give me those times where, you know, if you have a guy with an HMG and a pistol and it's like, okay, am I still in that zero range for both where I use the HMG still or I'm in the pistol range? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, but I agree, I think the 
harm, and I don't even think it's harm, it's, it's giving more information, which in some ways might just speed the game up, because you don't have the person humming and hawing, be like, is that eight inches? Should I use this gun or this gun? Um, you lose a bit of that, but you clean up a lot of different interactions that just yeah. felt, felt bad. Yeah, I mean, we got we got wrapped up in quite a few layers of having to think about um, preemptive AROs for a while yeah. because of the whole yeah. we can't measure zone of control, but we need to declare, you know, preemptive hacking AROs and that kind of thing. And it got a little bit cumbersome and complex. And now the ability to measure zone of control gets rid of pretty much all of that. That entire thing is unnecessary now. Or, or wasting AROs because it's like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I don't think you're within eight. And then you move again, and now I want to dodge, but it's like, oh no, but at that initial point, you had a valid ARO, you didn't declare it, yeah. but you were inside yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah technically the thing, the thing you that you, yeah. Yeah, you can be dickish about it, that was the whole thing. Like, technically, if you, do, if you wanted to make sure that you do not lose your ARO, you can technically uh, ARO with your whole army. Uh, uh, nothing, was, nothing was stopping you from that while it's Clearly, you want, only want to arrow with the guys in the zone, but yeah, you don't want to get, yeah. get your shot off or miss. Or and 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 I think mostly it it only helps the veteran players who know this, but beginner players are like, do I declare my arrow now or lose it? And you can be yeah. dickish about it. No, 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 you lost it. You you didn't declare it. Uh, we were in eight, so uh, good luck to you. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, it's an extension of the idea that line of fire like your line of fire arrows are open information you always it, it is you know whether you have an arrow based on line of fire sight yeah so this is just extending that principle to zone of control yeah <laughs> yeah it makes the requirements for things as clear as possible yeah. essentially yeah <clears throat> and and losing that you now know that that uh, what well, if it's it's a shotgun or a rifle that you might use <clears throat> uh, that's just nerd yeah, threat. that's sure. just just being the best guesser of them all uh, wins you out of that. It's 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 a, uh, it's a skill we <laughs> we don't need to keep alive to enjoy the game. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Although I would say, like, I sometimes, you know, I thought, what's uh, what's my perspective here? It's that I think sometimes I felt happy for my opponent when I guessed wrong because it led to this little excitement thing where it's like, oh, seven point nine, and like you guessed wrong, and I was like, oh that changes this face-to-face role and that's kind of cool and exciting mm-hmm. it's you know, true all not, those yeah <clears throat> the only problem is that sometimes those 7.9 incidents in, instances are like then it's like hey how many times are we going to measure it you know you measure it once at 7.9 <laughs> yeah, sure. you measure it sure. again it's 8.1 it's uh you touch the model and, and all <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this I this think... is also nice because before you roll dice before like at this earlier stage, you can both players can agree whether or not there's an arrow. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. and ultimately, it's a good thing, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, actually, yeah, and the sure. other big thing with the measuring from the active trooper mm-hmm. uh, is because you can request zone of control arrows. Like it's good, with hidden deployment troopers, it's measured from the active trooper. You don't need to be. You know, measuring from being like, okay, turn around for a second so I can measure from a nondescript point on the battlefield. It's, you know, occasionally, you know, if you have hidden deployment troopers or maybe occasionally if you have a 14-order list with a gap and you could have taken a hidden deployment trooper, just occasionally you ask to check a zone of control arrow, right? 
you don't need to give away your position of your hidden deployment trooper to play the arrows. Yeah. Um, And the other thing I like about it is that it does say players plural, so there's no need to argue about, you know, whether the active player gets to dictate if you do or you don't. Like, you're allowed to do so if you wish, and, and that's fine. We don't need to, you know, squabble about it. Yeah. And likewise, the reactive player doesn't get to dictate it. Yeah. Because, right. yeah. you know, yeah. I could see instances where a reactive player doesn't want to give the active player the information about whether or not they're within eight for, you know, check, essentially like pre-checking a, a gun yeah. range band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I like it. it. It feels like it's reasonably well considered, this change, yeah. I think, from yeah. my perspective. And like, as I think we've pointed out, you could really try to abuse it, but... It's, it, I find with Infinity is if you really want to try and abuse the rules and just kind of cheese the rules, you'll be able to find a way just like in any game. At least my experience with Infinity is most players don't do that. And I think this is clear enough to prevent it from happening, except for if you have one of those players that will, yeah. no matter what, find a way to cheese it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can give competitive players or people that want to push the rules to the maximum without being completely ridiculous um some advantages you can do things like in checking zone of control you can plan your next order's worth of movement for example to know whether you're going to hit an objective that might be you know x number of inches away um but i don't think that's a bad thing it doesn't seem like against the spirit of what this is allowing you to do so it's just another thing that people can plan around and that's okay that's yeah. Fine. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, the whole ruling uh, comes down to 2.2 arrow declaration. The reactive player declares the AROs of those of those troopers that are allowed to declare one. Troopers are not forced to declare AROs, but if a trooper can declare an arrow and fails to do so, the chance to declare an arrow is lost. But now it's less imbig- ambiguous because we're now checking and measuring, uh, which is nice. Um, yeah, declaration of the second skill. The active player declares the second short skill of the order, if applicable. If movements are declared, the player's measures where the trooper can move, chooses the route, and places the trooper at the final point of its movement. And then we get the whole arrow check again, uh, like we did in the second part with the measuring, with the uh, you're allowed or disallowed. So, and then we come to uh, resolution check that the declared skills and pieces of equipment meet their respective requirements, measure all distances, determine mods, and both players make rolls. If any skills or piece of equipment doesn't meet its requirements, the trooper performs an idle. 5.1 effects players apply all effects of successful skills and equipment, including saving rolls and dodge movement. And then 5.2 conclusion, Guts rolls are made, the effects of the guts rolls and alert are applied, end of the order. Yep. I don't think anything else that really changed. One one thing that I don't think it's it's not it's not a change, but it's something I see people I've seen people I think do wrong a lot. Um, is a lot of people will apply their dodge movement before all the other effects are resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, haven't it, it really, if, if you really want to, it doesn't usually affect anything, but it's something that I find new players, I, I try to remind them because 
you can get a lot of information sometimes off of how, you know you can wait to see who has failed all of their different saves before deciding where you're moving your trooper that dodged yeah um, but likewise that has to happen before you get to know whether your opponent has failed guts checks yeah then there's the page 25 change zone of control and aros uh, enemies entering or acting inside the zone of control of a trooper while remaining outside the trooper's uh, line of fire can be reacted to. Players can check the zone of control. Measurements must always be made from the active trooper, checking a maximum of 8 inches from any point along their path if there are reactive troopers or game elephants elements within the zone of control of the active trooper, they can declare an ARO. So this is yeah clear that it's like a maximum of eight inches. Yep, yeah. and and this this bubble applies because it specifically references the section we were talking about before. Yeah. So that maximum of eight inches, like this, is a clarification that applies to that part we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. um, so it's annoying that the maximum isn't also listed said there, but at least they made it very clear here for that. All right, uh, then they do a change on page 60. Hacking area and AROs, enemies entering or acting inside the hacking area of a hacker while remaining outside the hacker's line of fire and zone of control can be reacted to with hacking programs or with reset. Players can check the hacking area. Measurements must always be made from the active trooper and their repeaters, checking uh, a maximum of eight inches from any point alongside their path. If they are reactive troopers or game elements within the hacking area of the active trooper, they, they can declare an ARO. So they are yeah, clarifying that uh, not only do you uh, measure from the active troopers, but also from the repeaters. Yep. This is one of those things where I think it would have been really clear if they didn't have it, but it's important that they put it because somebody would say, oh, it just says from the active trooper, not the repeaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then try to screw over the nomads. Um, example, uh, so page 61, example of hacking area and arrows through a repeater. Uh, in this example, stealth is not being used. During the active turn, the shrouded hacker decided to declare idle as the first skill of the order. As shown in the picture, he's outside his enemy line of fire and zone of control. But since he is a hacker, he can use a deployable repeater. And the M-drone trooper, who carries the repeater piece of the equipment, to increase his hacking area, allowing him to act from his current position. As the shrouded hacker is inside the orc's hacker's hacking area, the orc hacker declares an arrow. The orc hacker declares oblivion. The second skill of the shrouded hacker is carbonite, dividing the, be, uh, the, the burst two between the knight of justice and the orc hacker. The knight of justice has now been targeted by a hacking program, giving she an arrow and she declares reset. The following face-to-face -face roll occurs, reset by the knight of the justice, Versus the Carbonite from the Shrouded. No modifiers. Oblivion from the Orc Hacker versus Carbonite from the from the Shrouded. Orc Hacker mod a 3 three Firewall mod for using an enemy repeater. And the Shrouded mods, if a saving roll is required, the acting attack damage of the Oblivion will suffer a minus 3 mod for the Firewall. So yeah. Uh, this time uh, measuring comes in handy. And... Um, it much easier to uh, to do so. Um, let's see. Um, 
Are there? Uh, can you see, guys, see if there are any, uh, before I start reading it all? Uh, if there are any changes to uh, to this specific bit? Yeah, BS attack or uh, dodge reset. Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to? Oh, look it up well, on wiki. Well, BS attack has the change to the not be engaged state during the activation phase, right? Oh, you are we talking about the skills here? Yeah. So. Yeah. Not being engaged yeah. state during the activation phase of that order. That latter half of the sentence has been added, as far as I'm aware. All right, then I will read that one out and I will edit yeah. it. So, uh, so yeah. uh, changes to BS attack. Um, well, uh, the the so the attack. Uh, there, there are three dots. One is be, be using a BS weapon or skill or piece of equipment capable of making a BS attack. Be able to draw line of fire. To the target of the BS attack, unless the BS weapon, skill, or piece of equipment used doesn't require line of fire. Line of fire gains from being in silhouette. Contact does not count for this requirement, but the big change is not be in an engaged state during the activation phase of that order. Right. Yeah. So it basically means <clears throat> if you begin the order outside of the engaged state, but end the order in engaged state, you can shoot the troop as it kind of runs towards you yeah. um, <laughs> depending on what it means by the activation phase of that order but I, I personally think that's reasonably clear but some people have disagreed well in, in the whole logic of when you move and, and, and the arrows uh, you, 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 you can ARO from any part of that movement so your model becomes one long line as I explain it to uh, beginner players that they use yeah, in this moment of time, he's he's in this vicinity, so mm. he can react on every part of this vicinity, and he can fire from any part in this vicinity. Mm. It would be weird that somehow, once you get into the engaged state, it's like, stop, start. Uh, oh, uh, I, yeah. I agree that it is weird entirely. Yeah. I think the argument is that you wouldn't hit the requirements to even be allowed to declare a ballistic skill attack, let yeah. alone, like, checking. You just can't declare it, but... um. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know if I want to have this discussion, to be honest, because I yeah. think it's a bit silly. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they, they give a new FAQ. In the next FAQ, they say they change it to during the activation phase to the beginning, begin the activation phase. Yeah, yeah the fix for it is very simple. Like, you can just say at the beginning of the activation yeah. phase. That, and, that's it, and it's done. I. For some things like this, I feel for Corvus Bell, I think it's very clear what they were trying. To, like, because they added this, I think it's very clear what they were trying to do. <laughs> and then they have to deal with, you know, people that decide they want to try and see how far they can. Yeah. And, Which... and to be fair, I think I'm being a little bit uncharitable. Like, you could legitimately read the activation phase as the entire first bit because it's got, like, a kind of, like left aligned headerish looking thing and then some kind of moved across like sub points does that in in terms of how the page is formatted so and in I terms could, of formatting i think that is correct that 1.1 right. 1 and 1.2 are both the activation um, phase yeah right yeah. so i can see why people are reading it like this way um and and i sh yeah i i suppose i'm being a little bit uncharitable and i should be fair you could read it that way reasonably yeah, but it, 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 it weirds out a whole lot of interactions further on in the book. It absolutely does. It, it is very strange. If, yeah. if you do choose to read it that way, I think strange things happen. Yeah. 
So, uh, as you guys can see, any changes to Dodge? Did, did they have Dodge reset or zero pain? Are there any so changes I, I think uh, mentioning? For, uh, for all of them, yeah. my understanding of the change is they... Essentially, I think they removed a couple bullets and just simply changed it to have a valid ARO. Because uh-huh. it, be, it used to be like if they're in zone of control, but now they've just simplified it to do you have a valid ARO? Because you will always know if you have a valid ARO. It's a cleanup rather than a... I'd say a yeah. change. Ah, they yeah. just seem a bit cleaner. Cool, cool. Page 100. The text in impersonation state is the text for failed discovery roles should say a trooper that fills a whip roll to discover an impersonation marker cannot attempt to discover the same marker until the next player turn. Note that the trooper that has been revealed and re-entered impersonation <laughs> state again does not count as the same marker. Yep, that's what I was saying earlier. So yeah. the word marker that they've highlighted in yellow used to say troop. Yeah. So rules as written, if you fail a discover against an impersonation marker and it dropped a level of impersonation, you weren't allowed to try and discover it again. Yeah. Now you can. That's fine. Yeah. It's, so, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. So this is a double FAQ. They both, they made, I, which I appreciate, they changed, they corrected the mistake in terms of which word they used. And then they also covered it in the FAQ just to make it super clear so no one missed. You know, if you just switch yeah. a word, people might not understand what the purposes of switching the word is, but by covering it in both sections, I think it shows that they were really thinking about how they wanted this FAQ to come across, which is... Yeah, uh, this, this is where... Uh... As a Hack Islam player, I must say that I am, like, actually not at all salty when they kind of nerf or make it easier to do things about yeah. impersonation, because impersonation is so hard to deal with. Um I'm completely okay with them making yeah. it a little bit easier to interact with. Yeah, it, it can feel unstoppable at times. So yeah, that's. Uh... Yeah, I think one of the things about impersonation is that even for experienced players, it can be quite tricky yeah. to do things about impersonation. So anything that makes it a little bit feel a little bit fairer yeah. is fine. I think, in my opinion, I'm yeah. sure people disagree. Okay. Um, the page thirty-nine cautious movement example. Uh, is there any anything that that's, uh, sp- uh, speaks out to you guys before I read it all? Yes, they fundamentally changed uh, climb. Um, ah. And I don't know about cautious movement, but the climb change is actually significant. All right, so... I'm not actually sure what they changed. I, I assume it's just some sort of clarification. They probably just corrected a scenario that was incorrect, uh-huh. is my, ex- my guess with cautious move. Yeah. So then we go to climb. Um, main rule uh, affects bullet four. Climbing only allows moving moving on vertical surfaces. Therefore, the troop will end its climbing movement the moment the whole of its base is in contact with the horizontal surface. See example. Example one, a trooper that's in contact with an obstacle declares the climb skill when measuring the first move value of the trooper, four inches, is enough to climb the three inches tall obstacle and move onto the upper surface. And the example uh, in two on paragraph one, a trooper uses one order to declare the move skill until he reached contact with an obstacle with a second order. They declare the climb skill and check the four inches are enough to move fully on the top part with the trooper ending their movement on the horizontal surface. Next, the player declares a third order to reach the edge of the obstacle. So yeah, uh, before that, I uh, don't know. Some players 
did it or or yeah. if it was incorrectly or not like like i moved the part or you have still have to count that part that you moved yeah, up to something exactly. or <clears throat> well so what the thing was is that um i might be wrong on this but i was under the impression that when you climbed you would measure the vertical distance and then once you reach the top you would kind of teleport your base onto the top you would like just mm -hmm. reach the top and you'd put your base on the top now it makes it absolutely explicit that you have to factor that last inch of your base into the climbing movement. So, for example, if your base is one inch, then you can actually only climb three inches, and then you've got to use that last inch to make sure your base is on. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is an interesting change. I'm very happy they made this change um, because this – so how it works now where you have to essentially pay for the flip. You know, you, I think sometimes people would refer to it as you get the flip for free. Um, prior to this change, when you used the climb skill, you got to flip for free. So you all that mattered was the height of the building. It didn't matter for, you know, the inch or inch and a half or two inches, depending on your silhouette size. I, I know it's slightly off of an inch. It's like it's it, it's like a, a little bit more, I think. But I know we usually just play an inch because it's easier to just round it. Um so the, the weird thing and confusing thing, I think, for newer players and even experienced players was Climb worked where you got the flip for free. But Climbing Plus and using ladders, because they just make it so you use normal movement rules, which is you measure the entire distance you traveled, mm -hmm. worked the same way that Climb does now after the FAQ. Yeah. So by making Climb now be you have to measure for the whole thing, it makes it harder for some models if you're playing with like really tall buildings. Like if you if you're if your local played with four inch tall buildings, now you won't actually be able to get on top with one climb skill. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I find most buildings are most of the standard buildings I've seen are usually around two and a half to three inches tall. Mm -hmm. Um which still is inconvenient for models that have a larger than one inch base. Um two and a half is fine if you're a silhouette three, but if you go silhouette four, it'll take two. Um, but the nice thing with this rule is now climbing, climbing plus, and using a ladder to climb all work the exact same way until, in terms of measuring distance. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So now there's just complete agreement between how exactly you measure a climb and a ladder and a climbing plus. And that's great. That's really good. One thing I want to add before we move on to 1.1.1 um, and the one change from that is when I, my, when I first looked at this, it even for the most part, the conversations that were around for that first day when we had this FAQ, I was thoroughly impressed with this FAQ. Um, I think that the changes were all clear for the most, like, you know, there's always some areas where it could have some clarification, but I think overall the, the answers were clear. They were mm. for the most part good changes and where I didn't necessarily like a change, it was more of a, I would have preferred it to go a different way rather than like, I think it was a bad call. Um, and I think overall the, the reception for this FAQ was very good. Yeah. And so there was, there's some people that like, there's always things that, you know, people might not quite like, but I think everything made sense. And there was a clear CB definitely seemed to have really thought about how they were going to do a lot of these changes and some of like the zone of control thing is a fundamental change yeah to how infinity is played in terms of adding in some more pre-measuring um and even just how the, the faq was laid out so yeah. i i think it's worth kind of 
you know, we, we sometimes people point out negative things too much, uh, only focus on negatives. I think overall this was a very positive FAQ, and I think we need to give CB some credit for clearly showing that they really thought about it when yeah. they were doing it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I was trying to guess uh, if you are in eight inches or not. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about it, and there was never a clear answer on how to address it. Uh, because mm-hmm. yeah, you, you just you just add piles and piles of rules on it uh, on when mm-hmm. you can declare this arrow. Is if 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 you're close, like we dealt with it on the RAL, like is it, mm-hmm. it uh, would be within twelve inches uh, good enough to declare this arrow? Uh, yeah, because yeah. anywhere farther you could clearly see that it's not inches eight yeah. inches. But when do you see? So. You get into messy situations, yeah. and I think Maya Cast predicted uh, precisely that they said, like, yeah, just measure, and it's just a way cleaner uh, uh, solution. So I, uh, yeah, I tip my hat for that for Corpus Belly. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, there was no other way to resolve this in- instead of making heaps and heaps of rules without mm-hmm. trying to measure it while, while measuring is. Yeah, just this, the the razor. Yeah, uh, Occam's razor mm-hmm. to this uh, to this uh, as a solution. Yeah, it does. It fixes the hidden deployment dodge thing as well that yeah. everyone went um, got very annoyed about for about a week and then forgot promptly. No, I'm being a bit unfair. <laughs> it, it, it was it was an issue. Um, yeah. yeah. So previously, like with dodge, it just said they have a valid ARO. That's what used to trigger a dodge before this FAQ, and now it explicitly says like the active troop has to be within line of fire or zone of control. And now that we check zone of control, we can't do that whole like, oh, you know, my hidden deployment troop could be within eight inches. Um, I'm going to reveal it with the dodge. Um, Now that we measure, none of that stuff happens. So cool. It's good. Yeah. All more happy with it. And uh, now we get to 1.1.1. We hopped over the first thing that that was added because they... Uh, put a line across mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. How do line of fire and zone of control skill <laughs> requirements work? Yeah. And so I a... think. Oh, so I think what I would point out first of all is that yeah. this this um, errata or FAQ or whatever had been around for a while. I think it came about shortly after N4 was released, and what mm-hmm. basically happened was uh, it was decided that line of fire unlike a lot of the other requirements, had to be checked immediately when you declared a skill that required line of fire, like a ballistic skill attack. Yeah. Um, whereas some other requirements, such as zone of control requirements, could be checked at the end. Yeah. So it was a little bit of an outlier. Then, in 1.1.1, which was the second FAQ that came out, they just crossed through that change and yeah. removed it from the FAQ. Basically meaning that as a requirement, line of fire is now treated like any other requirement and is therefore checked at the end of an order rather than upon declaration of a skill. Yeah. Um, There is some history to this change and how people understood it, because I think actually at first it was a little bit misunderstood. So we can talk a bit about that. Um, And then as things kind of matured and people thought about it, a couple of strange situations came up that I'm not sure have entirely been resolved yet. There's a catch to this FAQ. Um, A catch that might change, but hasn't changed yet. 
Um, so one of the first things that came up that people noticed is that um, on the initial understanding of this FAQ, if a troop moves around behind total cover, so behind a wall, mm -hmm. um, before the FAQ, that would provoke a dodge from you because it's moving in your zone of control. Yeah. And then if with the second half of the order they walked towards you, you couldn't shoot them because they um, they provoked that dodge ARO. Um, when the FAQ first came out with this, everyone was saying, oh, now I can like declare a ballistic skill attack against them and just, you know, hold off on that attack until they turn around the corner. So I can I can stop that from happening. Um, this actually isn't true. Uh, or it's not true yet. It might become true, but it's not true at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's not true specifically because you are never allowed to declare a ballistic skill attack against a troop behind total cover. Mm -hmm. Regardless of requirements, you're just not allowed to declare one in the first place. Yeah, I've seen that same thing. So it, it prevents that. Um, there were some discussions I've seen as well where people were trying to say, okay, but is smoke cover... And there's some discussions about what technically counts as total cover um, because scenery objects aren't particularly well-defined. Um, but I, I think that if you look at it both logically and really look at the rules, it being in smoke despite... But smoke, a smoke template itself is not scenery. Um, I think people were too much looking at the fact that scenery is listed under... It's like terrain and scenery objects, mm -hmm. um, but uh, visibility zones are listed under the terrain section of that, essentially, area, and then there's scenery objects as a separate, uh, not very well-defined branch, but they are distinct. So, Uxia and Smoke, you can shoot against, but um, Ollie's correct. The, the whole, you can never actually declare if someone's in total cover. Uh, it's not a question of whether you've met the requirements. It's it's part of total cover, the rule for total cover itself that says you can't declare against it. Mm. Uh -huh. And so here's a really funny thing. Some people were saying like, oh, you know, just get rid of that line from total cover, right? So just make it so that you can declare attacks against things behind total cover. Um, but then if I remember correctly, and uh, I apologize if this is wrong because I haven't checked the rules, but I think that would make sixth sense really wacky um, because I believe if that was the case, you could sixth sense shoot someone that hacked you, maybe? Uh, um, I believe you actually might be correct. I believe sixth sense removes the line of fire requirement. Um, Don't sixth sense is, a, is also yeah. one example where you can speculative like... Uh, preemptive ARO stuff. Preemptive yeah. ARO stuff, and just say, "I will declare shoot if you, mm. but only, yeah. and it will only come up if the if you get actually shot. Something happens. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, you I'm you, trying you to... are right. You are right about how that change would affect sixth sense because yes. sixth sense <laughs> allows funny. you to shoot at enemies outside your line of fire. So the only thing preventing sixth sense models from shooting models that have total cover. Is that yeah. total cover prevents you from shooting? Them. Yeah, exactly. So that um, would mean if you were hacked by a model behind a wall and you had six cents, you could shoot them. Well, even more, <laughs> well, even more problematic. I haven't thought about it too much. I think veteran Cossacks are that cool, works, but yeah, six cents works in <laughs> six cents works in active and in ARO technically. Okay. So technically speaking, in your active turn, you could start shooting models with, if you had six cents because you don't have the line of fire. Oh no, it's attacks directed at them. So yeah, no, it would only it would only yeah. be. Active, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah, quite entertaining, good. though. That's quite entertaining. 
Um, they just start lobbing bullets up and over walls. Yeah. So so it actually didn't get rid of some of the CC stuff. The whole, like, a CC unit moves behind a wall, forces a dodge, and then moves into base-to-base. You, you still can't actually shoot against that because of the total cover rules. I would not be surprised if they did something to change that because I think that's what they might be trying to fix. I think it does. It does fix. It still does fix, though, the issue of declaring a CC attack. Oh no, it doesn't. Because if you declare a CC attack behind a wall and then move, yeah. They, so it did bring back the declare CC attack behind a wall and then we, move in. We don't know if Ian's um, kind of halfway FAQ is still in. Um, it is still legal or not, essentially. So I actually don't know the answer to that question. By by the halfway FAQ, do you mean the one where... It, but I thought the halfway FAQ to he, fix that problem was making it so CC attack essentially had the same requirements as so that ballistic never, skill attack that, or something. That, it, it required line of fire. So, um, uh, Ian, um, one of the people that is on the rules team for Corvus Belly... Um, he did an interim um, FAQ, and he said, CC attack requires silhouette contact when you declare the skill, not later on Mm. in the order. Mm -hmm. That was not in any official FAQ. It didn't make it into the document. It's still not in the document. It was no more than a forum ruling. It was a legal ruling. He is a member of the rules team. It was kind of um, at least semi-official, and I, I would personally say fully official, it has not made its way into this FAQ. It's likely that was a more recent ruling and it hasn't made its way in, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, yeah um, I'd say if it's still in the... Because they have been doing a decent job with the rules um, on the section on the forum that once a rule... They, they have like their um, interim rulings section. And then once those rulings right, yeah. become formal rulings or are removed, yeah. they seem to... They have been good at, I find, removing from that section yeah so if something goes from being from there to the faq or just that's no longer applicable they have been good at getting rid of it so i'd say if it's still there then i would probably still follow it and honestly i i i know at least with my locals um i feel like we generally try if something feels like like that just feels a bit off and like Mm -hmm. it's kind of abusing the rules um, and, and when I say when I, when I make comments about things abusing rules, I recognize that they can be fully black letter of the law correct by the rules. Um, will sometimes still just not play by them, and I, I understand and I completely. You know, I, I don't look down on people that don't play that way, and they they will use the rules to the letter of it. Um, but yeah, I, I if, if there's still that IJW ruling, I'd still probably I I personally would follow it. I don't. I don't need. I don't need you, Jimbo, declaring CC attack behind a wall, then moving eight inches. <laughs> no. and yeah, I don't think anyone response. needs that. Um, so just to be absolutely explicit about what this has done, um, this has not changed close combat units baiting out AROs by moving behind total cover. They still do that because you can't declare ballistic skill attacks against units behind total cover. This has fixed baiting out AROs in smoke. Because smoke is a case of something that you don't have line of fire to, but is not behind total cover. Yeah. Yes. And it's cleared up six cents, so that makes sense. 
Yeah, right. And it, it still keeps Sixth Sense not um, really, really funny and, and wacky. Um, yeah. But I would I would have liked to have seen them make that mistake and uh, just, <laughs> to, just to have uh, people's reactions to that. It would be quite entertaining. Um, so there have been a couple of um, forum threads and a couple of questions about how this has some unintentional side effects on things. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common discussion has centered on templates. Uh, the reason for this actually is IJW, Ian himself, who said a couple of months ago, we need to have the line of fire requirements as they are because people declaring preemptive attacks does very strange things with templates. Um, he, I wouldn't say he's on record as saying that. He, he posted it in a Facebook conversation a couple of months ago. Um, uh-huh. He's right. It does do some very strange things with templates. The reason for that is that right now, as it stands, templates still need to be placed at declaration and not at resolution. So when you say, I shoot um, during your ARO or your first skill or second skill or whatever, you have to put the template down then. You don't put the template down later. Now, um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Corvus Belly just uh, errated this and just said, oh, you placed the template during resolution, not, not earlier. But until they do that, this is how it works. Um, this leads to a couple of strange situations. If you have a troop in the active turn, it may or may not, I'm not entirely clear on this, people are talking about it, it may be able to declare an impact template such as a missile launcher place the template down immediately on a point it cannot see yet because it doesn't need to hit the line of fire requirement because that doesn't need to be hit until later. So it puts the template down. Mm-hmm. It might be able to do something like clip a fire team. So to hit multiple members of a fire team or to clip a camouflage marker. Your opponent then declares AROs. They might break the fire team by having one of them shoot and the rest dodge, or they might break the camouflage state by having the camouflage marker dodge, something like that. And then the active turn troop that placed that template can then choose to not actually move, to not meet the line of fire requirements, which would cancel the attack. If this happens, they've potentially broken a fire team and potentially like baited out some camo reveals without actually doing anything. How often this will come up? I don't think it will be at all often, but it is, yeah, I think it's possible. So my question about that, though, thinking about it in in our discussion of total cover. (laughs) Yes, you cannot target someone with the ballistic skill attack. Mm-hmm. So maybe it has to happen with in smoke template with cover then. It would, I think it would have to be with smoke because mm-hmm. with templates and, and if it's with smoke, then it actually doesn't become an issue either way. Because then for the model to have declared, they oh, I guess because they can preemptively say it because they could later in the turn. Yeah, because with total cover, it doesn't work because you need to declare. You can't declare a target that you has total cover from you. And right. when you place a template, you are declaring a uh, target. Right, you have okay. to declare okay. who the target of the template is, either both direct and impact. You need to say, sure. this is the target. If it doesn't act, you know, with direct template, if it doesn't get far enough, it auto fails. Yep. Impact template, it's who it's centered on. Yeah. Um, um, so, so actually, it has to happen with smoke and not cover, which makes immediately makes the, um, the number of situations it will arise rarer. Um, but it is strange. Um, I don't think it's a difficult fix. That's the thing. Um, I think they can fix it reasonably easily by just changing some of the requirements about when templates go down and things like that. But I don't know. Um, There's another weird example where if you imagine um, a unit 
that has a chain rifle shooting against other units in a smoke grenade cloud. Um, they might put the template down. So let's say it's a chain rifle. They put the template down to clip the units in smoke, um, but line of fire is not met. And then one of the units it's, it is AL rowing against then moves out of the smoke. They can see that unit in one position, but they've declared the template in another position. I guess that's fine, but it's a bit strange, isn't it? Because you put the template down where you can't see them, and then the line of fire requirement has been met later on with the template in the old position. So you're shooting them in one position, but seeing them in another position, which is a bit weird to me. And I, I'm not sure that's a rules issue, but it's just strange. Yeah, it, it's, it, it feels very unnatural, and I think it makes, if, you, if you pull that off, it will make people's heads spin. Uh, because you, you always, yeah, you have that feeling that you want to check that line of fire and you want to see where the, mo where the model ends up. And uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, it, I, I don't. It turns really know. into a yeah. guess somehow. Like I, I, I think this, this all will, this, this could all have been resolved by. Uh, I don't know how you guys play, but here in the Netherlands, we try to learn people like to to get the least hassle as a as a beginning player to get the least hassle. Just declare the first thing that you declare is the move, and uh, uh, by that way you always know where you where you go. Uh, so you have always got the, at least when you fire, you have done that whole movement, so you know where you are. And maybe to clear these things yeah. up, it might be yeah. like if the first thing that you declare it must be a move. So you cannot do the move the, the close combat first and then move. Uh, into it or yeah. fire templates from areas you didn't reach yet. Um, yeah, a, th a lot of strange situations do disappear if you have to declare move first. Yeah. Um, there would be a couple of other consequences, um, but yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm, this second FAQ where they got rid of this requirement, it kind of superficially looks good, but it's just a little bit strange, um, and it just means they need to fix a couple of other skills and like pieces of equipment that interact a little bit strangely right now, yeah. basically. Yeah, like, like we said, the, the whole like if, if if there's total cover, you cannot preemptively declare some. There are only a few skills that do. Do we want is Corvus Belly working towards that all should do the preemptive uh, preemptive arrows or just or just these edge cases like the the in smoke and the six sense? Yeah, one of the things that I've seen people say is this is a strange FAQ because um, one point one got rid of a lot of ARO guessing, right? The whole yeah. pre measuring zone of control. You don't have to guess most of your yeah. arrows and stuff like that. You just you you measure it up and if it's in, it's in. And then getting rid of this line of fire requirement introduced a whole load of other like preemptive AROs back into the game, which yeah. is strange because they just got rid of loads of them. So I, I just, I don't really know what the final goal is. Half of me suspects, and this is just a suspicion, it might be wrong, that they wanted to answer the ARO baiting behind a wall CC thing and the smoke thing, like both at the same time but didn't quite do it. But I don't know. Like, maybe they just wanted to address smoke and nothing else, because that's what it does, basically. Or do they um, want to grunt it with the MSV3 and uh, Plasma Rifle have some dirty tricks or something? I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't really know. But um, my prediction is that we will see a 1.1.1.1 pretty soon. Um, I, I don't know if we'll see it soon. I think this might 
be we'll get a I don't I don't th- I think we'll sit with this one for a bit and they might put out a a intermediary ruling and then eventually we'll get the 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 next I think we'll probably look, yeah look at over see how many of these edge cases that we did these theories that we had uh, if they uh, if they end up a lot uh, in games if uh, people feel baited by them. Yeah, I, I half I've, suspect a lot of this won't come up that yeah. often. Um, no. And, and I expect the 1.1.1 happened because they put it out and realized they had forgot to cross out the thing they wanted to cross out as the first rule. And we're like, oh, uh, we wanted to do this. We already have spent the time thinking about this change. Because, you know, they spend time thinking about these changes before putting them in FAQs, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And they were just like, uh, it's all right. Just just release a new one with it scratched out. So, yeah. uh yeah, guys. Yeah. Any 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 final thoughts uh, on this issue on the on the on the FAQ? This was an exceptionally long episode. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> I I'm generally impressed with the FAQ. The second FAQ is a bit weird and it needs more thinking, but I think it could be good if a couple of things are tweaked. But the first FAQ, in my opinion, is is like ninety percent good. It, yeah. It's just. Almost entirely good stuff. I'm uh, happy to measure and hopefully speed up the game a bit and not be always guessing about are we in eight inches or not. Yeah, I agree. I, I've already said, I, I think overall, it's, uh, I, I'm impressed with the FAQ. There's a few edge cases, but in, in, in some ways, you know, they cleaned up some weird interactions and possibly made a couple new ones. But overall, I think the fixes outweigh any, you know, We'll see how frequently the other the issues come up, and I'm sure that uh, based on what we've been seeing, I'm sure they'll address them soon, if not in a formal FAQ, in an informal one, and get to the FAQs. I've been finding, I, I'm very pleased with their responsiveness to these types of issues yeah. so far in N4, um, and it's it's nice seeing um, that interaction with the community and willingness yeah. to rethink how their rules work. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jordan, Oliver, thanks uh, for coming on. It was a pleasure. I, I really needed your 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 guys' uh, knowledge on this one. Uh, and thank you. Yeah, it's been great to yeah. talk about the FAQ. I think it's been really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a long episode, but you know, there's a bunch to cover, and yeah, it's good to chat. And I'm sure we'll be chatting more in the future about well, the next FAQ and <laughs> other things on the interim. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, thanks, listeners, for uh, for tuning in. I would say uh, look us up on the Infinity Global League uh, Discord. Place questions that you have, maybe some commentary on the FAQ, so we can uh, check what we uh, we were wrong about or any any things that come up that we didn't even think about. And uh, yeah, have uh, have some uh, good games with uh, with these new rules and additions. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all next time. Music